read business books, or at least we've pretended to, to make ourselves look smart in front of other people, right? Yeah, I'm talking about you, Patrick. You, know, you read your business books, some people take notes, some people might even try to apply what they've just read. So, you know, you, you read about a, I don't know, a framework or something, and you try and apply that to your job or, you know, whatever uh, project is you're working on at the time. But a lot of the time, you know, we, we read it, we enjoy it at the time. We have so much motivation to use it. You know, we think this is going to be the best book. It's going to transform what we do. But in reality, it just becomes another thing that we forget. But what if you could ask the author how they would apply specific principles or frameworks or whatever from a specific book that they've written to your specific problem? So what I'm thinking here is an AI tool that does pretty much that. So for authors, what they do is they upload their book as well as any extra information. So it could be notes or case studies, appendices, things they didn't include in the in the main book, which obviously the AI tool uses to to learn from. And then on the user side, it's really just a simple interface that allows them to you know pick the author uh, and the book or multiple authors and books. You put in your specific business problem or business problem in this case, yeah, and effectively get an answer from that author. So they're using. The knowledge from that book, from their backlog of books, and basically, it's like talking to the author. And so, uh, you know, an example could be, say, Dale Carnegie's book on how to win friends and influence people. So, you might ask a specific question about how to deal with a particular person in your organization that, I don't know, you're not getting along with. And so, you get advice back as if it was him giving that advice himself. And it could be a text response. It could be a voice cloning type thing where it sounds like him or the author, sorry, or it could even be a video. Again, it could feel like you're like we are now in a Zoom call and you're having a video call with the author of this book, whether they're alive or not. Uh, and both of those technologies exist. So I think that would be relatively straightforward to do. And then more than that, it allows the author to basically keep an up-to-date version of their book because as soon as anything goes to print, whether it's a book, a newspaper or anything, it goes out of date. So in this model, yeah, you can basically keep it up to date, put revisions in, add extra things that maybe you didn't think of, add different examples, et cetera. And so you've, you've really got this database of this author and a book or, or several books around particular topics. If you go further, I mean, this service, this AI tool could eventually become more like a publisher. So you've got the AI service, but you could also publish in print, in digital, so like an ebook or an audio, so in an in audio book type thing. So really, you kind of go into the author, the, val the value proposition to the author is, hey, we're going to publish you across all of these different mediums. Plus, we've got this AI tool, which effectively is you giving out this real-time advice. So that's kind of the idea. Before I get into any more, what do you think? Yeah, I love it. I love it, to be honest. I think very achievable to build. And I think, especially, you know, with the release of the current AI wave. So so yeah, I think it is a really good idea. Um, I'm keen to hear more on what you think on how, how this will be delivered. Yeah, well, I might start first with just the desirability of it. So you know, would people actually want this? And I think first, in, in terms of people reading books or readings or, or buying, there's about uh, 80 million business and finance books sold every year. So huge number of books. I couldn't find the exact number that were published every year, but based on some calculations of how many total books there are, there's about between 500,000 and a million total books published every year. And business Business and economic books make up about 25% of sales. So if we just apply that, it's around 125,000 to 250,000 books. Maybe that's too high. I'm not sure. But wow. either way, a lot of books, business books published, a lot of business books sold and read. That's, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, and why stop at business? Great niche to start with. I get that. And, you know, relevant to us, but this could be a physicist or aerospace engineer or something, you know, all the textbooks. I think this could be good for unis. This could be, this could replace tutors if we take the AI far enough. Well, it could. I mean, imagine being taught by some of the greatest minds in the world that, that have ever lived, not just the last 
alive now. You know, it'd be fantastic. I, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but yeah, it, you know, you could expand this model. If we're talking about business books here, and that's just from my own personal view, but you could easily scale this. So not only the service itself, there's plenty of opportunities with the actual service itself, but yeah, going into different categories or different uh, niches, I think a cool idea would be upload a bunch of kids' books and kids' authors. And then as parents, you could ask it to create a unique custom bedtime story for your kid for that night. You could do that every night. I mean, you could then also have it, you know, like we do for this, you could have it read in the voice of the author or the voice of any character from a Disney movie or, or anything like that. I think biographical books, again, talking about a person's life and asking that person who's the topic of the biography, you know, how would they deal with a particular issue that you're having? So I think in all these cases, and it somewhat exists in, in chat GPT and, and those generative AI tools now, where you can say, answer this question in the voice of or using this book. So you can kind of do it now, you can kind of do some of this. But I think the difference here is probably around the business model, because in that example, I mean, the authors don't get paid, the original content creators, they're not getting paid for that. And so I'll, I'll jump straight into the viability side of things. So can we make money from it? And I think it's, I think, fairly obvious before I even say it, that you would obviously charge the both sides. It's almost like it's not a marketplace, but it's that, uh, it's that kind of thing where obviously we would charge the author uh, a fee might be a subscription there might be some one-off fees but basically to upload and host their content and then obviously you could have additional services or features that you add on top of that and then for the user maybe a subscription model but it could also be paper use so similar to the way a lot of ai tools operate now where you're buying tokens or credits basically and then as you make a certain call or there's kind of limits to um to what you can use so that i think that would be the difference from the current way you could do this? I mean, is it the future of business books or the future of book publishing where you've, yeah, you've got the, the traditional methods plus this AI dynamic interactive version? I think it's, it's incredible. And yeah, great analysis. How much would you charge? Good question. I, I, I don't know. You have to look into that. You can charge probably thousands a year. I mean, depending yeah. on the traffic to the site, depending on the value proposition that you end up bundling together. But I mean, if you looked at publishers and what their margin is on the publishing, that's probably what their fee is. So you could probably charge something similar, maybe a bit less, obviously, because you, you don't have the overheads in terms of the AI service. Because the idea here is that the book is already published. So in, in the first model, the book's already published. So you don't have any of those overhead costs. You're really just operating this AI tool. So you could charge less, but still, you'd want it to be valuable enough for them to to want to do it. I think if you make it too cheap, you know, there's always this this balance between making it too too cheap and people not valuing it, and then making it too expensive that you know it, it's too expensive to buy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the subscription model or B two B, you know, B two B subscription model, I can see being good. I mean, there's so many ways you could do this, and I'm just gonna go a bit you know, visionary for a second here. I'm going to go Steve Good. Jobs, you know, <laughs> and I'm going, to, I'm going to chuck on a turtleneck. And uh, so just thinking, okay, so there's things, I like the, the model and the business books is a great example. We could take this and we could apply this to people of any stature, right? So it's, we can apply this to any people of any status. So you can be famous, right? You can write a book. As long as you've got content, basically, of you speaking and your thoughts and opinions, you can make a model out of that, right? So me and you, Dan, we should make an idea, Overflow one, where people type in and it comes back with responses from us about their business idea. Or it could be, you know, it could be just literally some random dude that just like talks heaps into it, writes all his opinions and thoughts, and then they could make bots of that guy. And then that guy, you know what I mean? It's like almost like we could take this first and, tr and this is the pathway where we download all of our consciousness on and this is how we extend the human race by, do you know what I mean? And then and all the different styles and combinations and all of that. 
And the second one I was thinking is uh, fictional characters as well. So fictional characters could definitely go in and their opinions and thoughts. And I think I did see a video of Disney doing this, like a Mickey Mouse or something like that. And I guess the the third interesting visionary sort of thing I was thinking was also like, imagine once, to your point, you, you get all the information and then suddenly you've got a visual and then it's also doing audio. And then basically you're talking to like a, a little hologram of Dan. I'm doing a podcast with the hologram of Dan because sadly you were, you died. No. Unavailable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could just say unavailable. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I think on the first idea, so effectively making the world's consciousness into, I think that's kind of what chat GPT and those generative AI models, those large language models are now, because really they're taking everything that's online and building it into that model. The difference here, probably one is that it's a niche. I think if you just make it everything, then it just, you know, becomes too big. And and again, I think that's what ChatGPT is now, niching it down to a particular topic. And I think business books is one to start with because of this fact that people do take notes, people do try yeah. it and they want to apply it and have the motivation to apply it, but they never actually do. And so this kind of is, it, it helps solve that barrier of reading the book to then actually applying it. I think things like the kids book is probably another one as well that you could you could do. And, and the, the fictional characters and yeah, I love it. I, I think that there's so much you could do with this. I think the idea would be to pick those particular niches, maybe start yeah. with business or kids, whatever, kids books, start with that and then kind of expand the different niches. But I think you need a business model here because the ChatGPT model, not that it's not sustainable, but the content creators don't get any credit or revenue or payments or anything for that. So I think this is a fairer way and a more sustainable way going forward to build something and have something like this. 100%. I totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, I love the idea of that targeting the niches and then you can start off early. And this is probably easily implementable if you have any skills out there, someone listening that, you know, this is something what you could probably do now. You could get, you could kick this off pretty easy, I reckon. Yeah, look, if, if I had a bit of extra time, this is probably one that I do because I do think it's relatively simple. And I, I'd say that as not an AI expert, so um, somebody yeah. will uh, maybe correct me. But you're basically building on the large language models that already exist. And we've already said it that ChatGPT kind of already does this. So the functionality is there. I think the the hardest part will be getting the authors on board. And I think ideally what you want is to go to a, a publishing house or a publisher who has many authors. So that obviously you're dealing just with one entity and they can then put their whole catalog of authors on your on your platform. Probably at the start, you probably need to go to individual authors just to start building that cred because a publishing house won't come on board if you don't have anyone. So I think almost the next best step would be to yeah build a, a simple version or an, an MVP of this and then go out and get a few authors. Or you could actually do it with books that are out of copyright. So there's books that are in the public domain. So I think it's, what, 99 years and then it, it becomes open. There's a bunch of older business books that you could probably chuck in there as a starting point. Wow. I think uh, Winnie the Pooh last year or the That's year before. Yeah, Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. Pooh. Winnie the Pooh, yeah. Winnie the Public Domain. There you go. Good example. Yeah. And there was a whole bunch of horror films and weird, you know, adult versions of Winnie the Pooh going around. But that's what happens. I think that's it. Anything else on that one? Otherwise, we'll move on to yours. Sure. So, Dan, I was reading online, right? And I was reading some interesting articles. And what the research found was that the more naughty people experience in everyday life, the more alive and vital they feel. Okay. So, if, if you're someone that needs a little bit more fun in your life, then I've, I've got a, a solution for you. So, what I'd like to do is I'd like to launch Infinity Chasey or Infinity Tag. Okay, go right? on. So, a game of tag or chasey, whatever you call it, like the children's game, but the game is always on and you're always in the game and it's for adults. 
Okay. Okay. So, so not he, not Squid Game. So there's no violence. No. It's just literally, you got to tag someone and they're it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly yeah. right. So over 60% of US adults report that they feel bored at least once a week. And we've all experienced this, you know, like you're just sick of the monotony of life. So what I've always wanted to do is create a a game that you're never out of and and you're always in this game and you're always, you know, it makes you feel that you makes you feel alive. So this is my solution, right? And so how does it work? Well, it's a it's a game of chasey tag that's monitored by a wearable device that you wear on either your arm or your wrist or something like that. Potential future scope for like, uh, you know, smart glasses or goggles or something like that as well. And there's an app that monitors your scoreboard. So you purchase the device and then um, it has some sort of Bluetooth. I'm not sure on the actual technology, but every time you tag or you're in the, in the very, very close presence of someone, it monitors whether you tag someone and then that's then recorded. And then there's like a scoreboard, you know, within the app and you pay a subscription to access this, the software in the app that gives you a bunch of stats and, and the global scoreboard, right? So everyone who buys the device and puts it on is entered into the game. It monitors if you're wearing the device and if you're wearing the device, then you're in and you could be tagged no matter if you're at work if you're at dinner if you're at a funeral <laughs> um you're in the game right and it monitors you know because it can monitor your health uh you know it can monitor your breathing and the blood flow and it knows that you're wearing it right so immediate thoughts so you put the thing on and then you're autom- so as, as long as it's on you're in the game and how do you find other people that are like do you need to physically see the thing that they're wearing and then what do you need to physically touch them or is it a proximity thing so it'll beep as you get close like i assume you'd mm. kind of have some kind of geofencing because you know i can't play a game of chasey with somebody in the us because i'm never obviously going to be able to get them so you yeah. have some yeah. kind of geofencing i would assume well yeah you've got to be next to the person in real life that's the whole point but it doesn't stop you from hopping on a plane and going to get that person so on the app i envision a map with all the dots of people pinpointing their location at all times right and then maybe you can click on their profile maybe you can see what they look like you know and then you see that guy and you're like that's the guy and then you start chasing him and he's running from you and you're, and you're just like running through the streets you're like in your suit you're carrying your bag there's someone chasing you and you're like oh i've got that meeting i'm gonna, get, I'm gonna lose this guy and is it everyone on everyone or is there like one person who is trying to remember how the game of chase works? yeah one person who is it who is chasing everyone else or is there one person being chased by everyone and then what happens when they get tagged? It swaps mm. to someone else or like, how does that uh, work? R- Producer Rodney's firing off the questions as well about the, the game rules. <laughs> I think the same <laughs> to you, Dan. Is, okay, so I, I'm, I envision it. It would have to be sort of maybe event-based, maybe monthly. There's different events. There's a tag everyone in the city, get everyone tagged, right? Um, you can enter into different games. You know, this is all through the app, right? So maybe it's like there's one global game that I envision, which is like it's all gang up chasey and it's always on until everyone in the globe is tagged, right? So And that, that starts getting into the business model because there's a network effect, right? You know, you get your friend to get one. As soon as he gets one, he's on the map and everyone starts like, okay, this guy hasn't been tagged yet, right? So there's that, there's that sort of thing. And then, you know, maybe the next month, it's like one where a random selection of people get just, you are it, right? And then you're, you become a tagger for a certain period of time and then, you know, scoreboard and so forth, like a laser tag or something like that. Um, yeah, I, like, I mean, yeah, I like, I, and I think there's, there's maybe not demand, but there's at least awareness for this kind of thing with some of those well, um, streaming series. And I just watched Alice in Borderland recently. It's, it's not exactly that, but there are elements of it, you know, minus the shooting and killing stuff. But yeah, I like it. So this is always on chasing. It's yeah. Cool. And let's talk about the key stats here. So 
wearable technology market size is that was at about 61.3 billion US in 2022, expected to grow to 71 billion in 2023. And I've worked in this industry; it's growing so fast. Uh, these people buy these devices mostly for sort of health reasons, but you know it's, it's going left, right, and center, right. So you're going to make some money on the purchases and the retail, and then you're also going to make some money on the subscription. You know, maybe you're paying nine dollar a month or you know five pounds, whatever it is, per month to have access to the subscription, being the game. So I think it's quite achievable technology-wise. You could definitely build a basic watch like a Fitbit or something like that with the software. And it's just like a typical software company where once it's scaled, you just need to manage it with new regular feature updates. There is some potential legal concerns. So for example, through the Donald Trump, maybe we're inciting people to do some crazy things, but you know, getting chased. But I think, you know, just like all big tech companies, I think let's put it in the terms and conditions. Infinity Tag or Infinity Chasey is not liable for damages you know, caused by caused by users. But just before you go on quickly, I think almost the next best step type thing as well is, you know, you talked about the wearable technology and, and you're right, it is huge. Could you leverage that to start with because distribution is going to be hard and getting people to buy a new device is going to be a challenge maybe for, for something they haven't done before, but maybe it could start as an app on those devices that already exist and even phones. I mean, I don't know whether you could do it through a phone, but just because you've got that distribution already and then maybe over time you then build specific devices. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, depends on you know how deep you get into the technology and how accurate the sort of tagging is. I agree with you. It could probably be built into existing things like Apple Watches and that. But I wanted to create the, you know, it's a novelty. It's like, this is the thing that puts you in the game. Do you know what I mean? Is, is your, is this yeah, watch? True. Is this band or whatever? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, like and it monitors if you're in the game or not. Like, and it's like a never off thing. And then, yeah. you know, you can have other game rules and producer Rodney's firing off the game rules in here. For example, what is he saying? Uh, when you tag someone, you win their points and the points accumulate and the more points you have, the bigger target you are. Love it. Love that. That's, yeah, exactly. Something like that, right? And then, you know, so to my thing about the wearing it, it's like if you if it is your own device, not sort of the app, I think if you're wearing it, maybe you accumulate more points, but the longer you're wearing it, the longer you're yeah. in the game, you know what I mean? Living the game, yeah. you know, you accumulate more points, that sort of thing. And then Rodney's brought in another thing. Maybe it becomes like you win money. You know, there's, there's like that sort of element that's so funny. Um, this could be big. So you can see, I think we can all see the viral effect. So yeah, so there's a lot, there's some legal concerns, but we're going to put it in the terms and conditions. I think let's talk about the scalability. Yeah, so I think uh, people referring their friends to get the device to join the game will be key, as I mentioned earlier. And, you know, like I said, the vision is for everyone to eventually be constantly going. So if we're looking at, you know, a potential user base of 10 to 20 million adults, it's probably the amount of people who would play a game like this. You know, not everyone is going to sign up realistically. I mean, as much as I want them to, and, you know, you'd want to create something like that. We look at the subscription fee of, you know, $10 a month, initial wearable purchase of 50. We're looking at 1.2 to 2.4 billion, you know, <laughs> revenue total. I don't know. And that's that's like at peak. So I think it's a big pie is my point. And that's just like, the, I just want to end on that. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think you've got Wait. lots of revenue potential. I mean, I think 10 to 20 million, that's a, that's a huge number playing. I mean, yeah, you're right. You, you might eventually get to that. But I think, you know, probably the initial cost of building the wearable device. And it might be actually something super simple. It might just be a wristband with Bluetooth, which connects to the app on your phone so that the actual technology, the wearable technology doesn't cost too much to research and build. Um, and then obviously you've just got the app and the app is obviously easier. And then again, you've got that distribution that we talked about before. So I think if you could keep those initial fixed costs lower and then, yeah, whether it's a, a subscription fee or some other way of, of getting into the game. I like the idea that producer Rodney said before around how could you actually earn real money by doing this? And it could be that part of that, um, it's almost like a game fee, you know, when you go play indoor sports or anything and you go 
to pay a, you know, a match fee, kind of like that. So you're almost paying like an entry fee. Maybe it's a once-off or a regular basis. But yeah, when the game ends or based on points, you know, you might win a share of the pot. So I, I think maybe you that's, can incentivize it that way as well. That, so I, I think some, yeah, some really Mate, cool ideas I just, there. I just thought of this. This is a crypto play. Could be. You know, this is a this is the infinity tag currency that you're winning. Yeah. My mind's Love exploding it. with ideas. S- save them for next week. Uh, no, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying uh, with what you're saying, with the, you know, the points, you know, that you're winning the crypto by playing the game. The longer you're in the game, you're building the crypto. Maybe that's mining, that's mining, you know, in, in quotation marks, mining it, the crypto. And then, oh man, this is, um, well, yeah, next best steps, you know, I think to implement this, I think the first, I think this one would be a good crowdfund. I'm thinking, I think you could crowdfund with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, because and you'd want to build that audience while you're like, you know, raising money and so forth, right? And then they get all the buy-in at the start and then, you know, then they get sent the devices. And final thing I just want to say just about the device to your point before, which is uh, about the device could be quite small. So I use this thing called Whoop, which is like a, a device yep. that manages and, uh, and monitors my sleeping patterns and health, like a lot more uh, in detail than say a Fitbit. And what Whoop's model is, you pay a yearly subscription fee and they just send you this wristband device for free. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I think, yeah, I think that's sort of where, where the future of that's heading as, you know, China and India is now recently getting into, you know, more manufacturing as well. Uh, so I think once those factories build up, it'll definitely be decreasing costs for manufacturing of devices. Happy to end it there, Dan. Love it. Thanks very much, mate. Yeah. Two, two good ideas. Let's end it on that. See you next week. See you next week.